When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of The Carlton Show. Uh, great to have you with us. Um, thanks for all the feedback we've been getting as well on social media, on Twitter. Fantastic to know there's so many people enthusiastically tuning into the show. Andy Mara is here alongside Paul Barbazza again. Now, good evening to you, Baz. G'day, Andy and Gex. Stephen Purdol, a.k.a. Geckman Parbuster. How are you, my friend? Great, Andy. Baz, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Bit of housekeeping before we get stuck into the bits and pieces. Uh, we are now on iTunes. Now, don't ask me why this is such a big deal, but it is for people who are regular subscribers to podcasts. So if you've been frustrated, uh, go to iTunes, subscribe. That'll obviously just, every time we download a new podcast episode, it'll pop up in your feed. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go downloading things each week. Importantly, when you subscribe to a podcast on iTunes, I'm told that you have the opportunity to rate that podcast. And if you rate the podcast either five or four stars, that's very, very good for the podcast. Apparently it has puts it in some sort of ranking order somewhere, which is good. So we're saying if you want to rank the podcast or rate the podcast, four or five stars would be nice. What is your advice to people if they only want to rate it one or two stars? Don't listen. Right. Or start at three. So I like a three. Start. So let's give people seven out of Kevin ten Hall, and work work up from there. Kevin Hall up. Yeah, from Kevin Fitzy, Kevin Hall, the great number three, Stephen Oliver. Yeah, three up. Mark Murphy. I've said it before. Just start at three guys. Actually, and I've, I've see been what told happens. the um, podcast has the entertainment value of a Game of Thrones episode, which is you know <laughs> that's saying something. That so I'm cool. expecting similar ratings. What idiots told you that? Oh, just you made just made that up. up, didn't you? I don't even know what Thrones is. No, you need to watch it. Um, also. Look, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of podcasts are sponsored. They have a sponsor. Like Billy Simmons, the uh, BS Report, is sponsored by, say, SeatGeek, and, you know, ticket providing, and he does all these SeatGeek reads. There's no such thing as SeatGeek in Australia. But if somebody does want to sponsor uh, the Carlton Show, we'd be only too happy to accept uh, the sponsorship oh, dollars, would we not? I'm putting it out there. I want Huey Bowman, the jockey, to sponsor me because he's got all my money at the moment after the weekend. Spieth. Oh, and the other one? Which is the other Jamaica one? Jamaica in the Australian Cup. Oh, that wasn't a good ride. Oh, horror. Horror for me. So, Huey, if you're out there, start sponsoring, <laughs> mate, because you've, you, you've got all my money at the moment. So, you obviously had something going around on uh, Spieth, maybe from a futures perspective, because you certainly backed the winner. So, you can't be crying oh, too poor. I, I, you know, I did tell you both to have something on the winner. Yeah, you did. Um, we've had a lot of feedback off Twitter, um, and a lot of it's had to do with you know several individuals and style of play. So, um, you know, Ash King, Sam Eliana, Nick Crockett, everybody else that sent them through. We appreciate all your bits and pieces. Matthew Cruiser has been front and centre as well, uh, and we'll talk about how Cruiser's going. But you mentioned Jacob Wiedering right off the top, um, and he's been probably the most talked about Carlton player in the last four or five days, certainly since the game on Friday night. What is what is it about Weedering that's been rolling around in the back of your mind? Well, for me, he comes to the club essentially as a backman. I think I made a statement a few weeks ago. I'm really excited about what Carlton has defensively with um, the three or four or five they've got at the moment. And I couldn't remember a time in the last 10, 15, 20 years that I'm so excited about that back line. Can I throw one more in just before you keep going? Mm. Alex Silvani. Alex Silvani's an option. I liked Alex Silvani's game on the weekend. Why are you two looking at me blank? You didn't rate it. Okay, keep going. Mm, I won't say it. No, say it. Keep going. I keep going. No, no. No, just 
and and with Weedering, every time he's gone down forward, he looks like he demands a ball. He gets the ball when he's near the ball. It just goes to him. They talk about him being a link-up player up forward. You saw him move up to the wings, and he just brings blokes into the game. And I reckon we're in a quandary now, and it's the forefront of my mind as to what do we do with this guy and people out there will be saying, oh, well, we can play him down back and up forward, up forward and down back. Um, what do you... In terms of the kid's future, is that is that something we want? Do we want him to hold down a position? Um, but certainly up forward, he looks just as comfortable as anywhere on the ground. Your thoughts on that? Oh, look, I agree completely. And... Um yeah, it's one of those situations where you think, well, it's a good thing, but, you know, as far as his future, he's in his second season, he's still got a, a maturing body, he's got strapping on his shoulders and things like that. Now he, he becomes more of a target, I guess, when he's presenting, you know, front on with people sort of crashing into his back, etc. Um, is his long-term future better down back? Who knows? But um, as far as... His uh, value to the team is concerned. Right now, you probably think team-wise, his value is up forward, um, as that's a weakness. Um, probably, I I think the chemistry of the remaining players, if Wiedering isn't down there, will determine where he plays. Um, Marchbank is a very similar type, probably a year behind, but a very similar type to the way Wiedering plays. And it's just going to come down to the gel and chemistry of those guys to be able to combine and and, uh, do their job as well as possible without him if they go that way. And if we start leaking goals, he's going to be down there quick smart, I'm guessing. So time's going to tell. But I, I, I completely agree, Baz. It is a quandary, but sort of half a good and half a bad one, if you know what I'm saying. The problem is, like, in a perfect world, an absolute perfect world, you have him down back. Hmm. Why? Because he's a damn good player. If we've got someone equally as good as what he's actually showing now up forward, well then, obviously you play him down back. Unfortunately, we've got probably McKay who's in his... Mackay. It's Mackay. It's Mackay. Okay. Okay. McCrackers. We've got McCrackers there. Um, so, he's essentially not really up to it at the moment by the looks of things. I don't think he'll be in round one and to me he looks a little bit behind everyone else at the moment. But um and Charlie Kerno, he's probably not the answer up forward either. He looks like a guy who's gonna run through the middle. So again we're bereft of forwards at the moment, just at the moment, and until you find the monster forward, the one who takes the big grabs, the strong smashes the packs and all the rest of it then maybe we use Weedering for the time being. If we want to, if our intent is to win games, if the if the intent is to win a game when you pick the team, then you're playing Weedering forward. Mm. Because okay. of all the reasons you guys have mentioned. It's a supply and demand. We've got we've got three or four defenders who can play the role. Now, whether they can play it as well as him down there, that's probably debatable. In fact it's highly unlikely in a couple of cases. But if you can find the right matchups for guys like Plowman and Alex Silvani, if he can if he can get into a position where he's eligible to play, um, and the other two, of course, Marchbank and Rowe, then we're stocked down there. We're stocked with the two, you know, sweepers, you know, alongside them. We're we're right. We don't need Weedering down there. We do need him up the other end of the ground. It's as simple as that. I reckon there were signs that Jack Silvani... Jack Silvani was close on Friday night. He gave a couple of little handballs. Didn't get a lot of it. Didn't hit the scoreboard positively. But I reckon he's getting closer every week. I reckon we're getting closer every week. But until such time as um, Harry Mackay is ready to go, who knows, mate? It might be Harry Mackay, Jacob Wiedering in three years' time. They might be playing full forward, centre-half forward. It just might come to pass that Wiedering is actually one of those rare guys who played most of his junior footy back and becomes a better forward as opposed to the forwards who were dominant at junior level but couldn't cut it at AFL level who go down back and become Mm. super defenders. But he's taken nine marks. He's kicked two goals. He he could have kicked three. Probably could have kicked four. Um, 
drop one or two that he could have taken as well. He looks like he knows how to get into position. I was listening to Dunstall in the commentary, and Dunstall's been pretty critical of Carlton. He's done a couple of Carlton games this preseason. Um, he was glowing. He was glowing in his assessment. of, And he was there watching the game full field vision. He was glowing in his assessment of the way Wietering was moving and presenting to the footy. If it's good enough for Dunstall, it's good enough for me. I, I reckon we, particularly against a side like Richmond, yeah, I agree. We, we give it to Richmond. Like, give it to them right at the start. Don't go into that game thinking, oh, they're, they're a better form side than us. Um, you know, we've got to respect them. No, 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 no. We, we, if we kick the first three, if we kick the first two or three goals against Richmond, she's game on, boys. Oh, definitely, she's game on, and and the, that'll happen. It's more likely to happen in my view of our team at the moment with Weidering playing forward. Well, it's going to be interesting to see the mindset of what the club's psyche is. Um, I would say in a Malthouse team, they would have gone defence first and Weidering down back. Uh, whether they're going to be more positive, you know, and think well. This is a 50-50 start to the year. Let's let's just see what, what we can sort of do, you know. Like, roll the dice early. Um, what's the worst thing that's going to happen in a, in a night game first quarter of the season? You're not going to – I wouldn't have thought you're going to get five, six goals kicked on you in that first quarter. Traditionally, looking at the way those games are played, everyone's a bit scrappy. So, um, yeah, look, the mentality will be interesting just to see where they're thinking come that first bounce. But uh, – Let's wait and see. Again, what you say that, and you're 100% right, right? You're 100% right what you say. But I'm saying, don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about the scoreboard. If it's five goals to one at quarter time, let's, it, this is a marathon we're part of here, team. Like everybody, part, one of the um, things that's really annoyed me is this lack of this. this so at one minute, we're understanding of where we're at as a, as a footy team and a footy group. Not necessarily the three of us, but external conversations, the ones that we're having here. Oh, yeah, they're developing, blah, 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 blah. Then you get two bad losses in a preseason comp where who knows how wound up Brendan Bolton sent the team out. And everyone starts panicking about, oh, too many GWS blokes, too many busts. They haven't recruited properly. This guy's not up to it. He, he's finished. This is just every time, if you think, every minute you feel yourself having those thoughts. Just remember that this is not about – Carlton's not about 2017. We want to be competitive. We want to win as many games as we can. But if we have to take a couple of steps back this year with this continued, continually developing list, then I say suck it up and do it. Like, I'm not going to lose sight of the, the long game here, which is let's get the right list together and try and get players to I'll, be – I'll just say something players. on um, <clears throat> impatience. Right now is probably one of the best times uh, to be not such a great side and developing because you'd have to think that the um, GWS side, what they're they're going to put out in the next year, two, three, four, um, I I I doubt whether, you know, we're going to reach those lofty heights in, oh, look, we could in the third or fourth year, but right now... They're leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of clubs and are going to get stronger. So it's probably the wrong time to be a really good good side. It's a good point. Um, I think, you know, just like a racehorse, mate, just let it ease into it and, you know, come come the day we rise to it and hopefully it's not too far away. But you've got to be patient and GWS certainly at the moment and probably the Western Bulldogs to a degree have got... Lots of good future ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, Carlton, just do your homework properly. Get the right players. Look around at the end of the season. Throw some money. Uh, not just that, you know, recruit very well, of course. And, um, yeah, the world's our oyster. So, weedering forward, round one very rich, and what are you doing with him? Well, you're picking oh, I the have to, yeah. Where are you putting the magnet? Yeah, I'm, he's forward for me. What are you doing? Uh, you I, make the call. What yeah, are you doing? It's a winnable game, and... I reckon you go for it first up, so I'd, I'd be playing forward, especially on in the first bounce, obviously, and you take it from there. But yeah, I'm based on what I've seen. He goes forward okay. first round, and you, well, three of us we're we're unanimous. And you know what? If it happens, there's one bloke who's the big beneficiary of this, and that's Levi Casbold. Now, look, 
We all understand the limitations. He's going to play. He's going to be in the team. He can play a bit deeper. He's not going to necessarily get the P. He, he won't get... Oh, if I was Richmond, I'm putting Rance on Weidering. I'm not putting Rance on um, Levi Casbolt. And you're getting Rance up the ground out of his comfort zone. Richmond love him on the last line. Yeah, it works that way. You know, sure. so I, I just reckon to, to give Richmond what they don't want... Uh, you play Weedering at centre half forward, and you get him. You just get him on his bike, get him up around the ground, get Rance out of that comfort zone, and you and then you've got the opportunity. If you're on a fast break, don't try and hit up that 25 metre kick that we're not good at. We're not good at. Go long to the top of the square if you've got a one on one or a two v two. I don't know how much of the footy you saw on the weekend. The defenders they continue to put themselves when that long ball comes in all over the weekend. Teams that were going fast and long to the top of the square, they were giving away free kicks left, right, and centre. Defenders getting panicked, and it could happen. If if if, if Casbold has a night out where he gets his ten or twelve and he kicks his three or four, then you know, I think that's a win. That's a potential win-win for us. But that you've got to look at glass half full right from the word go. That's what I'll be doing. Oh yeah, agree. Yeah, agree. Oh, well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Rolling the dice. What was your you came in here with with your thought your your main thought on your mind what was it um just very quickly came up with um Carlton as far as their style and brand is concerned now first year with Bolton um I'm pretty sure he kept things very simple last year the KPI the criteria that he demanded of the players would have been based around energy attitude and effort and getting four quarters of consistency around that effort. And I think he basically, you know, he's kept things fairly basic and he was, there was a uh, reasonable leeway around everything else that happened and he took that with a grain of salt. I've, I've, this year I've heard him allude to it um, in one or two of his um, post-match conferences and I think he's talking uh, about this year developing game style, uh, and this is really something that has to come out uh, far more markedly in the way we play. Um, talking about the things that we have been talking about in these first three practice games, which they're not going to be at their peak at this time of the year, obviously, but just our uh, decision making uh, without the ball in hand. So for me, I would be just ingraining black and white team rules, and this is just my opinion, and I want to see if any of this stuff develops as the year goes on. Handballing forward to stationary targets with their back to the play, uh, I just, I never saw, well, it does occasionally come off when there's nobody near that person, but eight times out of ten, that's a turnover situation. So just eradicate it, make that a a never-do thing. Um, Formulate do's and don'ts going inside 50 metres. Just make sure that we cement some consistent things that everybody understands and nobody ever goes beyond. And keep those things really simple and make sure everybody understands that you have to do these things uh, and they're, they're, they're team rules. We're going to, this is what we do and this is what we're going to do every time we do it. Um, down back, Uh, and this is going to be really important in the early part of the year, assertive communication. Um, Now, I'm talking about you've got your Simos and Doherty's, but... I thought he said he just came up with this on the way in. He's written a manifesto here. Yeah. It's a dead set manifesto. Assertive communication. You've even given these things headlines. I I want people to take control when the ball's coming down very early. I want to hear... Don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical. I want to hear somebody... I'd hate to see what you come up with if you gave yourself five minutes to think about something. (laughs) Other than Simo and Doc, (laughs) other than Simo and Doc, I want to hear somebody calling early for a ball, saying it's mine. And once that voice is heard, everybody else has to get into their positions and, and formations around the contest. Too many times, three or four guys are pack-marking and spoiling each other, all out of the contest, ball hits the ground, alley-oop over the top, nobody's there to contest, see you later. So, you know, like the good teams, one guy, maybe two even, contest the ball with their opponents, and then the rest either get in behind the ball or on the outside ready for a quick release and off they go. You know, I want to see smart, 
styles of football starting to develop in our team. That's what I'm hopeful of seeing this year. I want you to speak a bit more closely to your microphone. Um, one of the things that um, we, you and I spoke about before Gecko got here to do F4 was this, I think we're playing, in, in terms of your style of play, I think it's all really good, by the way. Um, we seem to be playing a really high line. It's hard to tell on the tally, but it looks like we're playing a really high defensive line. And the very first show we did, we were lamenting how easy they got us out the back. Here we are three weeks in and through our preseason series. Again on the weekend, they were walking the ball into goal mm. last week. Mm. Um, and look, it, it might be that we are victims of... Um, really poor turnovers in bad parts of the ground that make it impossible to defend when the other mob get it going the other way because of one of our poor skill errors or decisions that we've made. But if there's any way, if that's just the way we're going to play, and I'd love, if that is the way we're going to play, I'd love Brendan Bolton to communicate that to us. Look, when we're a good side, this is the way we're going to have to play. So we're going to play, we're going to set up now and teach this team the sort of habits that we, we are going to need to you know, employ and um, have a second nature when we're a good team. So if if while we're in that development phase, we make some mistakes to do see, you know, opposition players 20 metres on their own with no one between them and the goals, so be it. I like, if he's going to do that, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not really sure at the moment what why, why this is happening and three weeks in a row it has happened. Perhaps... I'm not sure it was much against Frio, but it did happen against Frio. It happened a bit, mate. You go if you watch a game again, go back and watch it again, and look, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I will. But um, you don't think it happened? Oh, it happened, mate. Anyway, not as going. not as much as the other two weeks, I anyway. Thought, but I thought the first half, uh, maybe first two and a half quarters, it was it was pretty ordinary. But I think a lot of it was based around Simo, because they were Simo was taking chances up into the middle of the ground. And he wanted to really push play in an, in an attacking way from where he his starting position was, but in the second half of the of the game, especially in the last quarter, he dropped back as a as a sweeper, and it sort of he soaked up a lot of that pressure. Um, so you know he's he's so important uh, as to how he's used and when he can go and when he has to stay back, that's it's massive because he, he's a great carrier and user. So yeah, yeah, good decision maker. Doesn't panic. So you know, that's good. I, I, I think I'm sure that that is what they're doing. I'm sure they're trying to build these fundamentals that are team rules that hopefully they're going to be the right things. Um, before we get into talking about the women and then the, the other particular dislikes and likes from the weekend, um, the game against Fremont. And hopefully one of you blokes, you, you, kept an eye out on as much as you can at this time of the year on the Northern Blues team. I wouldn't mind a bit of intel maybe on them before we wrap it up today. We have found one, I reckon. I know people are critical of, you know, Sauce's leaning on the old GWS blokes that he tapped into, you know, when he brought them into an AFL list. But we found one with Jared Pickett. We saw enough on the weekend to suggest that this guy is A-grade AFL talent. Uh, he did things that blokes of his size, off the limited sort of base that he's had, and I reckon he can still probably get a bit fitter, um, shouldn't be able to do. He was taking, he took two or three really strong contested marks for a bloke of his size. His ball use was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he finished, the goals he kicked were all just pure class. Um, he'll get to more contests, I reckon, the fitter, the more game fit he gets. But he showed me in that game that he's got everything that he needs to be a ready-to-go AFL player. Yeah, for sure. I, I hate going off too early so with, with these sort of players. Um, I think in the past, you know, Carlton people have always gone off way too early with um, trying to find their next superstar champion, call it what you like. Um, you know, we don't, need to, we don't need a team of champions, right? What we need to do is find blokes like him in the forward line when guys... Um, He's just got that sixth sense, that, that sense of goal, loves to tackle, yeah. loves the body on the body. You can tell that he loves to go in um, and, yeah, kicks him around the corner, makes really good decisions. He was a shining light on the weekend. I, I, just can I clear one thing? I'm not asking him to be... Uh, no, 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 I just want you to be another AFL player that we've got, another guy who can but, play at this level. That's all, that's all <clears> I'm looking for in the next... 
last year, this year, next year, and probably the year after, I'm just trying to find guys who can play at this level. It's more so for the people out there listening and, you know, and beyond that we've just got to be extremely careful as to how we, you know, portray these these blokes, particularly like a picket and, and a few others that we don't jump on too early and then just expect, expect, expect. Um, yeah, I, I can see a lot of football in him, definitely. And I, I can see exactly what they saw in him. We haven't seen, we, look, because of his quad injury, we haven't seen Petresky Seaton yet. So just, we, just wait. Yeah, yeah, just wait. Yeah, just, for just, sure. There's another one coming. Obviously, in the, um, Blue, the Northern Blues game against Box Hill on the weekend, we got exactly what we want to see. We got exactly what we wanted to see, not what we've been seeing for the last couple of years in the second side, mm. uh, where non-Carlton-listed players have been our best. We saw on the weekend, in a win against a really good club, the right names, the right names in the goal kickers, the right names getting enough of the footy, and the right names you know, kind of being named as the best players were... Among them were so many of these young Carlton listed players. Yeah, that's what you want to see. I was, as you know, me and Gex have been watching the reserves closely over the last couple of years. And time and time again, you'd go to the match and then you'd walk to the car afterwards and you'd say, Well, who are your best players? And four or five of them were Northern Blues mm. listed players. And if you're a club trying to develop your players on the Carlton list, are supposed to be the players who are forefront into pressing for a game of football the following week and and we're supposed to be you know getting the youngsters developed which I can see now that we've got Polson and Fisher and Cunningham and Williamson and you know maybe McCready and and, and all these guys Kerr even Mackay like, Mackay like there's there's a whole host of them now that I'm going to go and watch these reserve games and actually really enjoy watching these guys um actually you know becoming Good players for yeah, us, yep. and and hopefully some of those guys we just mentioned, you know, do become good players. But um, you know, on the weekend, I think Graham had plenty of 33. it, thirty-three, right? And and Cunningham had plenty. Williamson had plenty in his second game of of, of football um, for, for our club, albeit in the seconds. And Sheehan played well again, by all reports. Good, yeah, there good, you go. Good. And then you've got you know Jackson and Leon Jones had seventeen disposals and kicked a couple. Uh, Liam, if you're out there, mate, just keep doing that, and one day you might actually be a footballer. But um, even Ke- uh, Christian Jacks, yeah, two weeks in a row now, he's kicked four, I think, and yeah, three, three or three and four. You know, he's he, he he might be putting his hand up. It may not be against Richmond, but you keep that sort of form up, kicking goals, and we need guys that can kick goals. You know, he might get a berth in the first three four weeks of this year. I don't know. They're making him work hard for it, aren't they? They're making jacks. And when we threw out the stuff on Twitter, there was enough um, dislikes suggesting that they were disappointed that Jacks hadn't been given a go in the JLT series. I think we've kicked that around with Christian Jacks. I think we know why he hasn't been gifted a game, um, along with a whole lot of other young talent. It's, it seems pretty clear, does it not, that they're going to make him earn his – if he's going to get a recall – they're going to make him earn it. He has to string together a lot of really high-level football at VFL level to get a call up in the in the first twenty-two. Oh, no doubt. Last year he had, you know, the whole year virtually in the, in the reserves, and hardly put his hand up once. And I think the day he actually got a, a Guernsey against West Coast. To be honest with you, his form was not even warranted going horrible. into that game. It was a horrible game. But but his form warrant oh, okay, right. his actual form right. wasn't even good going into the game, so you know and and you know we all saw the outcome. So yeah, he's he's one that you know he came with really big. He's a top he's a top fifteen he, draft pick, mate. He was, wasn't he? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be a real disappointment if a bloke like him, you know, if we couldn't get the best out of him. Well, then again, it's been a that that's been a bit of a disaster for us. Well, as we said in the very first one of these we did, when we went through the whole list, sometimes the one that, ones you get most disappointed about are the ones that you got the highest hopes for. And that was it with Jax for me. I, when he turned up at Carlton, he just looked athletic, 6'5", thumping kick, good strong mark, all his best future, the best footy in front of him, like all of it in front of him. I thought, we're gonna, we've just picked this bloke up at exactly the right time. Um 
and yet he hasn't fired a shot. So, you know, are you at all hopeful that he could still produce, or have you have you got the black pen? No, no, poised? no. I mean, look, every he's he's on his last chance. Obviously, you don't get too many in this uh, in this caper, but um, the guy has all the attributes you want in a footballer. He's just got to add. I mean, look, I'm sure Bolton has a set of standards that you have to meet before you get a game of football. So he hasn't met those basic standards. He's got to add physicality to his game. He's got to add a bigger engine to his game. He's got to get to more contests. He's got to get through two and three phases of of contested football at a time, not not just take a mark, go back, kick, take mm. a mark, go back. That's that's a game that happened 15, 20 years ago and no longer exists. So it's purely up to him. And like every player I've maybe criticised in these three weeks, you know, I'm only calling it as I see it. I would love Christian Jacks to become a good player at this club and I will be pumping up his, his uh, you know, Whatever you call it, for pump <laughs> up his lungs, <laughs> tires. I'll be the first tires. one. Stocks. I'll be the first one. So you know, if you play good football for my club, I will be telling the world about it. Get on your bike and do it, mate. Mm. There you go. Simple as that. Uh, before we get to the other um, kind of secondary likes and dislikes from the weekend, we should talk about. The, well, of course, we should. We will talk about the women. Who, look, to be honest, Fremantle is always going to win a game. They were always going to win a game. They've had a wretchedly unlucky yeah, season. You said that last they're, they're week. A good, no, they're a good team. And they they got they got us on the weekend. They had their best performance, their best four-quarter performance. It was against us. We probably didn't run as deep in terms of our contributions as we have for most of the year. It was really up to, you know, the Davey Vessio combine yeah. with a couple of others. Yeah sort of, you know, trying to guts it. We didn't get as much from as many as we have in recent weeks. That's uh, absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. It's uh, It was disappointing in a way, but, um, you know, it's. Uh, I think people got to realise that uh, every uh, women's club, I think they all got together two or three months mm. prior to the season starting, so they've all every team's done a wonderful job to put on a great exhibition of of, of, of football in in a, in just being able to get together two or three months prior to starting. So that's that's a massive tick for the competition. For us, exactly what you said, Andy. We didn't get enough contribution from everyone, and we have been one of our biggest traits this year is getting. A little bit from everybody. Mm. Everyone was doing a little bit to get a victory or get close. On the weekend, they got the jump. We got ourselves back into the game. And then in the second half, we just, you know, were second of the ball. We didn't use it well. We didn't, you know, we weren't getting enough of it either. Um, but certainly, you know, not having the little uh, girl, excellent. Yeah, she's, she's a she's a that, that one. Yeah. That one hurt. Yeah. We did. We got nothing out of Bellaire and Jacobson. And what was the story, Bellaire? I mean, from what I could see on TV, she came on in the last quarter. I look in the stats; she's had one touch. What? The, she I must have been crook because I, I don't know what the hell happened there. She was our star too. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, she was, was. She was for sure. And I think going forward, I think. Um, you know, Damien Keeping uh, needs to probably, and whoever does their recruiting, we have to find what most clubs have got, and that's a really good midfielder through mm. the midfield. I'm not potting our midfield. All I'm saying is that they've other clubs have got girls who run the lines, got really good skills. Um, we seem to be a... We don't have those burst players. Do no, we? no. Like, we're very in and under, grunt, yeah, get yeah, it forward, yeah. old style sort of stuff. And unfortunately for us, we don't have the real super midfielders. And I think Lauren Arnell, the last three weeks, has had tagging roles. And even on the weekend, she tagged. And she's probably doing a good job. But unfortunately, it comes at a price. Yeah, yeah. If she's one of our so-called playmakers and she's tagging, well, then you lose something out of the middle Um to try and negate the other side's superstar. And if you don't get on top of that superstar, then 
then it's it's pointless. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good point. Look, mathematically, if you want to do the maths, it's still possible. There's three cracking games of footy. What's still week. possible? They can still make it. It's ridiculous to even contemplate it. But there, there's Brisbane are in. Then you've got uh, two teams on 16 points and two teams on 12. Carlton and Collingwood are on 12. Melbourne and Adelaide are on 16. So you know it is still mathematically possible. It's highly unlikely. We need Melbourne and Adelaide to lose, and we need to beat Brisbane by probably about 50 or 60 points. Um, but, you know, it's mathematically possible. That's yeah, all you yeah, can yeah, say. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not go- it's not going to Generally, happen. when it's mathematically possible, it doesn't give, happen. Give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it away. But I, I, look, I'll tell everyone, get out there on Sunday, I think it is, you know, cheer for the girls. Let's let's put it this way: this is this is our grand final. Mm. You know, to knock off a side who's undefeated would be Brisbane's undefeated. Yep, yep. it'd be fantastic to see the girls knock off the side who's undefeated and potentially, you know, go on to win the grand final. Maybe I reckon everyone should get out there and have a good afternoon Can and, and just support them because, like, they've done their utmost to give us good games of footy week in, week out, and I think. You know, I think I was a little disappointed with the Carlton Western Bulldogs crowd. I went out there. Um, but I think, you know, come Sunday down at Princess Park, Busy Park, whatever they call it. Princess Park, mate, it is for us. Unless it. Icon want to sponsor the no, show. No, no. Well, if oh, Icon want to tip in about 500000 and sponsor the podcast, yeah. then we'll call everything. Yeah. I'll call you Icon yeah. Barbazza if I have to. Yeah. But, yeah. but until such time as they yeah. do, we're calling Princess Park, All right. right? Well, and get down Princess, mm. not Princess. No, but I don't mind the girls calling it Princess Park. Right. If they want to call it Princess Park for their oh, okay. purposes, yeah, I'm happy to do I'm happy to go with that. Yeah, we'll get Can to, I just say one thing about it? And then the season's not over yet, and we'll probably... You're not here next week, are you? But... That I'm proud. I'm prouder of my football club now than I have been in the past, and part of it is because of the contribution that these women have made to the footy club. the The girls that I've met, and I've met a few of them, um, are just first class individuals. They go way beyond. They, for example, the double header at Princess Park a couple of weeks ago when we played. We had the win, and then Collingwood played Melbourne in the doubleheader after us. Oh, yeah. I can't remember who we played. Um, one of you will remember. I'm going to try and think about it. Anyway, we win the game. The girls have every right to have their warm down, and then Gold Coast, wouldn't it? There's no Gold Coast team in it. Um, Bulldogs game. Yeah. Was it the Bulldogs? No, not the Bulldogs. If GWS got a side, yeah, them. Oh, it was them. It was You're them. right. It was them. Lost well, close. GWS, yeah, whatever, Gold whatever, Coast. Anyway, the point was they could have done their thing, warmed down. Had their feet, gone home. Darcy Vessio was there to the end of the Collingwood Melbourne game, signing autograph in the crowd, just in the crowd. Photos, autographs, mingling. And the other girl, there were a whole lot of them around the place. It wasn't just her. Um, they're a credit to the footy club. And I think once we, you know, in a few years' time, when it's be- when the league becomes more entrenched and we, we know more of the players, not just the marquees, we'll really come to appreciate the fact that we have got a vibrant women's team that's part of our club. It makes the club a better club. It makes it a whole club. It makes it a more inclusive club, um, a more diverse club. And I think that's that's just a fantastic thing. And it's good for the Carlton Footy Club that um, that the women are what they are for us. I think it's great. And you hear, you hear the term role model bandied around in sport. I think the girls probably do it better than the guys in a way because um, I think they're a bit more based in reality sometimes than some of the guys in their professional universe where they're a bit more one-dimensional. The girls have far more external sort of things going on in their lives that they can relate to than the guys. So, you know. Agree with that. I think they're talking about a 14-week competition next year or in the in the future, oh, down the track, down the track, four to, and and a top four, not a top two. The top four might come in next year. Right. That might come in next year. So, mm. which it makes sense. Mm. One v four, two v three. It makes yeah. more sense. Um, times on the fly. Don't forget, uh, subscribe, subscribe to the Carlton Show at iTunes. And if you look, even if you don't look, even if you really hate what you're listening to, um, but you want to see three strugglers just you know get a bit of a leg up. Give us four stars, four or five stars in the ranking rating thing, all right? Just go and do that. Keep pushing the four. Four's not a bad start. I don't want everyone to have to feel like they have to give us five. Five would be good. Well, you started three. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, the other bits and pieces from the game, We one of the things we always do is give it the other kind of 
a minor um, secondary likes and dislikes from the weekend's performance. Can I start with a like and mm. you two kick it around? For sure. And I, I touch wood when I say this. When was the last time Matthew Cruiser went into a season in the sort of Nick mm. Cruiser's in right now? He, oh, against mate. the biggest challenge in 40 years. I've never oh. seen a better pre-season preparation from any of, any of our players for years than this bloke. He yeah. is absolutely humming at the moment. So you touch yeah, wood because oh, yeah. we know what he's been I don't want to say bit. too much about it, but he is running on top of the ground. Uh, it was a practice game on the weekend, and he I saw him chase down three Ooh, blokes. Late in the game. Too. He didn't have to. No. He didn't have to. I mean, a lot of blokes would just give up in that standard of you know competition, but no, he just kept at it. Clunking a couple of marks. 12 contested possessions, seven tackles. Yeah, massive, massive. And and there's a steal about him too, like yeah. he's really set himself. I think, I think I've got a feeling whether it's come internally or from the coach. They, they always sit down and review players at the end and starts the years. I've got a feeling they've given it to Cruz or he's given it to himself to raise the bar to just find that extra dimension, that extra, that extra class or gear that he's capable of. And he just looks like he's trying to attain something different or something special now. Totally agree. Totally agree. He's um, now, you know, he's a man. Mm. He's a real man. And, and you know, you've been big on Ruckman. Um, they really blossom when they get to 27, 28, even, even beyond. Yep. And he's right in that mix, right in the mix. Um, I'm really... Uh, super eager to see if he can maintain it and as you both alluded to just got to keep cross fingers that he keeps his body in, in check the one thing about him and look I, I don't know whether there's data that can support this it's it's really just a gut feel that I have you know having watched him play his best football I do think he thrives when he's given 95% of time on ball I, I don't think he plays his best football when we go in with two, and God, Jesus, we've gone in with three Ruckman sometimes, which when we did that, yeah, it, oh, remember that day, that, that stupid Monday night game uh, at Eddie You're bringing back bad memories now. Um, <laughs> he, he seems to play his best football for me when he's one out, and you've got a Levi or someone just giving him a chop out you know, for five minutes, a quarter here or there. But again, on the weekend, in hot conditions – up against Aaron Sanderlands, who makes a ruckman work harder because you've got to jump, you know, harder, which takes, you know, when you do that fifty or sixty times in a game of footy, that takes it out of you. He was, um, he was running two to their one, like as you said, Bagsy, the, yeah. the multiple chases and tackles late. Yeah. So I don't know how when Andrew Phillips is back, I feel a bit for Dan Gorringe. I don't know where he's going to fit in, but he's a backup in case we need him early, I suppose. But. I don't know what they do when Phillips is right. Phillips might come back in about round six or seven. And if everything's going the way we want it to, Cruz might be playing the best football of his career. Mm. It's going to be a difficult decision to make what they do with, you know, our next, probably our next primary Ruckman. Um, if Cruz is playing the sort of footy we think he's going to play. Anyway, that's for down the track. But um, for me, he's just he's just fine at the moment. And I just pray to God that he goes through unhindered. Uh, a like or dislike for you? Outside of the stuff we've already spoken about? Okay. Well, uh, Cripps mm. you know, comes back from a back injury. Um, he said he'd play round one. I was one of the one of those people saying, oh, that, that, that's probably garbage. He'll be playing round four or something rather than round six. As you know, what clubs do, they always tell you, yeah, no, no, he'll be there round one. He'll be there round one. Oh, he'll awesome. be there. And when the whips are cracking... In deep into the last or whatever, he'll still be giving his all. He had a really good game on the weekend. Um, he was in everything. He was really in everything, and he's a as we know he's a bull. But for him to come back from a back injury, and he played a half two weeks ago, uh, played a lot more minutes on the weekend. Well, look out, Tigers, because the bull's coming. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Yeah, he'll take it to him. Does it? One of the tweets we did get about Cripps, and it was in the dislike category, and it was from Sam Eliano, whose name I mentioned before. Is the kick to handball ratio clearly? Sam thinks that he handles the ball too much, and he'd like to see Cripps kick it a bit more. Is that an issue for mm, anyone around here? Not for me. Not for me personally, because you've got to have those blokes. I think. Um, 
Um, Mitchell of Hawthorne mm. used to have more handballs than, than kicks. Look, uh, play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. I mean, he's the bull. He goes in there, he gets it. So if he's feeding it out to the outside players like uh, Gibbs and, and um, Murphy and, and whoever else, Simpson, whatever, these guys are the playmakers. Mm. So play to your strengths. Look, I understand what Sam was. Sam it? was it, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't just, I kind of understand where he's coming from to a degree, but I think when you get to that level, you play to your strengths more often than not. And he he does kick, but he's just um, I, I would I prefer him to keep going the way he's going. Yep, I would not. Do it that. is it is a trait of the inside footballer to be more handball uh, dominant because basically you're in close, you don't have that sort of time and space to use. So that isn't overly surprising. But having said that, I think. You saw a number of times Cripps take on the opposition and run with the ball. I think he's trying to incorporate that into his game a bit more, maybe break open the spaces with his with his strength and carrying ability. He did that a few times last year. It was really exciting. Uh, but I think he knows as well that he has to get his kicking uh, up to a better level than it was last year. I, th- I know I'm expecting that to develop as the year goes on. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Give me a like or a dislike. Uh, from Friday night for you? Yeah, look, I thought uh, Billy Smets for yeah, me, he yeah. um, he's had incremental improvement in every practice match and he's one of those guys in between the cracks that you really need to link up play, uh, especially around an inside 50. Could have kicked three goals easy. He just sort of missed his, his shots at goal, but instinctively he, he took it upon himself to take those shots and I love that in um, those guys running inside 50. I really want to see guys take on that responsibility. Uh, he he assisted it in a couple of goals by lowering the eyes and hitting up passes and that's another thing I love seeing. I don't don't like seeing these panic kicks long and deep and go nowhere. So, uh, and he, you know, he collected the ball a little bit more in every game he's had. I, I really liked what what he uh, can bring to the team. I, I think he might be a bit of a surprise packet in round one too, just quietly. He might be that sort of player. I'm with you. I, he's in, I, he, he and Reese Palmer. I, I think Reese Palmer, last week we talked about blokes who want to make an impact at the footy club. By the time they leave Carlton, you want to say, yeah, no, he's a good Carlton man. Yeah, he, he actually put in our Palmer's come to Carlton late. He's already been at a couple of clubs. I don't know whether he's going to have enough time to make an impact at Carlton, Smets has definitely got time on his side. But I reckon Palmer and Smets have done enough to very – they've inked their names into the round one side. They'll, they'll play round they'll one. They'll play round one. Yeah, they will. Palmer's had a dip. Palmer hasn't been very effective, but Palmer, in when the ball gets outside the contest, Reese Palmer struggles a little bit. He can't really spread like a lot of the modern-day players can, and certainly like a lot of the Giants can. That's why they tried to find a role for him and probably found that he's a bit expendable up there. But for us – He's he's shown a real willingness in the contest um, to put his head right over the footy and crash and bash and take opposition players out. You know, if the opportunity presents itself, he's done enough. Yeah, he hasn't set the world on fire, but he's done enough hmm. alongside Smets to suggest that his when he's out there, he's going to put his heart and soul. You know, behind the monogram, and he's going to have a crack, and he's yeah. and he's going to do the right thing. He's, he's, a, he's a genuine role player. I think he's, he is. Yeah, he's, he's going to be given uh, a specific criteria, and he'll be trying to comp- complete those tasks every week, and more than often, I think he will. Um, dislikes. There's a few other likes, but just dislikes. It's, and this was rampant off the Twitter feedback. Just the one. Skill error in, and I thought I thought there were times in the game. The further game we're on, I was getting more excited. I was thinking we're starting to move the ball okay here, and you know, we're, we're, there's things that are starting to just click into place. And um, I know we've been people have made up their minds about Carlton after the first two preseason games, but the more you watch that game, the more I'm thinking, yeah, this they're going okay here. They're starting to just produce a bit of footy, and then they miss another target, or they turn it over, or they drop a mark. How often? And this has been you know, something that's been hamstringing us through the preseason, and you know, probably for the last couple of years, to be honest. But just that one crucial skill error that lets us down—the minute we can eradicate fifty percent of those, not because you're not going to get rid of all of them, but get rid of half of them—we're going to put, we're going to hit the scoreboard 
a lot more. We're going to find ourselves kicking a lot more easy goals. Um, we'll be a much better side just by eradicating just one bad skill. You know the ones I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. there was, mate, in the last half an hour of that game, drop marks, it was it was oh, epidemic. Mm. Ep- drop marks were epidemic. Skill errors by hand and by foot, massive. But, you know, I mean, if we were to continue to talk about our skill level week in, week out, you know, I think people out there would be sick and tired of listening to us. But okay, that's a good point. I agree with you. But it goes back to what you were saying before, Gex, about limit – you didn't say know your limitations, but play to instruction. You know, surely the, these co- these coaches know what they're doing. They they can they can help guys who are chronic in this department. They can help them take the skill that they're trying to execute that they probably can't. They can help them take that out of their game. I reckon. Okay, when yeah. you're in this situation, don't go for that kick. Don't mm. go for the short little forty-five. You know, into into the corridor. You need to go. And then the players further afield know, okay, a good result here is long ball into the pocket, off hands, out of bounds, reset. You don't have to hit the Sam Mitchell, Greg Williams kick. You can't – Sam Kerridge, I love you, but you can't hit that kick. So don't try and hit that kick, mate. Don't try and hit that kick. And when you're 20 metres out directly in front, kick the goal for goodness sake. But do you know what I mean? I think yeah. you can I think you can make – you can help those guys um, make their uh, deficiencies not as catastrophic – from a team perspective, if everyone gets on the same page and they don't overextend? Well, I don't want to make excuses for them, but I think it's it's definitely the third week in a row that we've played in, in hot conditions, mm. and this time we had to travel. So, you know, fatigue sets in, and, and look, I'm sure, Andy, you're talking about ones early in the game too, mm. so there's no fatigue there. But by and large, what I think is going to happen this year is that as the season rolls on, you're right. I think a lot of that will get eradicated. I think um, as we get a good mix of players through and they all understand each other a bit better, last year we started with um, a bang, six and five after mm. 11. I'm not I'm not of the view that we're going to start with a bang this year. Um, I think our back half of the year is going to be a lot better than our first half. That's not wins and losses. That's just in to the eye. To the eye, to all of us, to the eye, we will be looking at the games and thinking, we're doing things, you know, in round 17 a lot better than what we did in round three. So that's where I'm looking for the improvement in the second half of the year. And that might be, you know, that might be taking the coward's way out and saying, like, you know, you know, I'm not predicting a, a really good, you know, first six weeks or eight weeks or ten weeks. But I think that's the crux of it. I think it's pretty... Pretty obvious that we're going to have a, a better second half than first half. I would have I, thought. I, I agree with that. I agree. And with I haven't that. even looked at the teams no, we're playing. I've got no idea. So I agree with that. Um, anything else in the likes and dislikes? We're throwing. Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I like. There's another like. Good. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen for a while. Blokes sticking up for blokes. Yeah, no, it was good. Mm. Yeah. Blokes sticking up for blokes. Right. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a little whack in the head from someone or a little cheap shot from someone, and straight away, blokes like White and and a few others went in there and and batted for Silvani. Was it? Yep. No, yep. Okay. Now, all right. Silvani is to play for them. A little bit of banter, but I don't care who it is. Right. If one of our blokes in a Carlton jumper gets a little cheapy, I want I want blokes to go over. All right. You might give away a fifty and all the rest of it, but right now we have to stand up. And I remember. Hawthorne, Essendon, line in the sand, all that bullshit. To me, it means a lot when you go in there and you bat for your bloody teammate. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it has oh, to massively. Has I couldn't agree with you more. There's nothing worse than seeing. Well said, Coco. Well yes, said. And, and then seeing a teammate getting bullied or, or, or you know, pushed over or you know, berated or you don't take trash from anyone out in a footy field. And and if they're going to give it, you got to give it back. And um, you know, maybe twice as hard within the rules without giving those stupid 50s away. But do it smart and make sure you're flying the flag for your teammates. Um, look, a, uh, a dislike of mine, which I was alluding to earlier, um, came through backline indecision. Um, Cam McCarthy or McCartney? Yeah, McCarthy. McCarthy yeah. must have been 
given the birthday of all birthdays last uh, weekend. That was six of the easiest goals you'll see by I kicking a long God, time. First yep. half, he did not have a man on him. And when he did, when he did, it was the likes of uh, Simo uh, or, or Simon White running to Ballantyne instead of staying back on him. Um, just, I, I just want to see, as I said, some assertive playing by the back line so that I've got this guy. I want to hear it. I want to see it. Take the blokes, take the responsibility and let the other guys do what jobs they have. But too many times you're looking at replays from behind the goals and nobody's near McCarthy and you just think it's not possible to happen at this stage even of the third Practice match yeah, should uh, yeah. not be happening. Oh, so here's the thing. When we play them, let's make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. And there's and there's the improvement straight away. Bang. And, you know, if we can, you know, if he doesn't get a sniff, then they know what he's capable of, that he doesn't get a sniff. And then, you, you know, big tick, lovely. So right. the, this is the other thing. Are they playing zone or are they playing man? Or is there a combination of both? Because... They I reckon they're playing zone. Seem to guard space and lose yeah. sight of the I reckon they're guarding space. That's what he wants. I think that's what they're doing. And there, there needs to be more dynamic sort mm. of working out. Yeah. I, I don't think the three matches. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've got no idea. But the way I'm looking at it, I don't think we've been man conscious at all. And I, I think that's something that Brendan Bolt must have said. Listen, don't worry too much about the opposition. Let's try and do what we want to do. Mm. Mm. And if the sport, if the, the scoreboard gets away. Who gives a tinker's cuss about it, mate? You know, there's not four points up for grabs. We're trying to rectify. We're trying to do what we need to do as a club to get better. Don't worry about the opposition in these sort of matches. Now, of course, round one, we'll be given a we'll be given a lot to Richmond's uh, players. But right now, he's probably just saying, stop thinking about your op- your opponent. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do what we've been training to do. And if it works, looks great. Yeah. If it doesn't, well, I just don't tough. want to see those soft goals that let the air out of the balloon because they're yeah, the yeah. ones that you start dropping your head because they're just you know you work so hard to get it up your end and have chances, and then you see yeah, it go right. back the other way yeah. and well, well, no effort. There was know? no air out of the balloon on the weekend, given what had happened in the first two weeks. We were twenty-eight down halfway through the second quarter. We were 29 down about a third of the way through the third quarter. The last two weeks, that's going to lead to a 60, 70-point blowout. We're going to drop our bundle. They're going to run away. We were 34 points down in the last quarter. They're going to run away, kick four or five late on us, and turn a four or five-goal loss into an eight or nine, ten-goal loss easy. None of that happened. We got beaten by 21. They kicked two super goals. Well, it's really 15. Yeah. They, got, they yeah. kicked two super, super goals. goals yeah. So we kicked the last two goals of the game. Uh, the final point for me on this ep, the resilience I thought was magnificent. I thought there was there were signs in terms of the ball movement that I got, I'm, I'm actually really bullish about. I think I'm I'm, I'm going to look glass half full much much more enthusiastically than glass half empty through this preseason. But the way they stuck at it, the way they stuck at it um, on Friday, oh, it just gave me great hope that it gave me great belief that there's a lot of guys in this team. Who are actually made of the right stuff. I love like look, Marchbank's gonna be a great player for this footy club. He's had some moments already. Marchbank, I, I swear, he gives me every he loves playing for the Carlton Footy Club already. He loves being a Carlton player. Yeah. He yeah. just gives me that he gets so down on himself when he makes a blue. Backed into that pack and copped the I, I love it, mate. Too. I love it. I, I I just I think we're heading honestly, folks, I think we're heading in the right direction. Well what you said last week, didn't you say that you'd heard that there was six or seven or eight or nine blokes out last week and they were itching to get out there to help Absolutely. help rectify what was happening against St Kilda? Well they got their opportunity and they did what they were probably saying on the boundary line last week, watching mm. us get thumped by the Saints. They did what they were talking about. Mm. They got behind on the scoreboard, they you know, dug in for the fight rectified it, got a few goals back right throughout the day, actually. Mm. And that's, that was a trait that we had all last year. Last year, we got out to 40 points and then lost by 18 or whatever. And they they dug in for the fight. You know, we don't want to see our side roll over. I never want to see our side roll over, ever. 
yep. ever. doesn't matter what the scoreboard says, you don't roll over. And I think that's something that we showed on the weekend. We took a big, giant leap in terms of showing our supporters that this is what we're made of, this is what we can do, but it's going to take time. Yep. You know, And look, look all the statistics, like 42 onside 50s, way up. 16 tackles inside 50, way up. 62 tackles for the match, way up. Nine marks inside 50, way up. Yeah. Every contested footy, we matched it with them. Uncontested footy was where they got us. But in all those other areas, and, and you know, statistics can lie too. You like, just watch the game, all those statistics there. But I did mention those statistics in the, in the previous two weeks, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they weren't good. So I just thought, like, if you're going to mention them when they weren't good, bloody mention them when they yeah. are good. And yeah. they were good. Yeah. And folks... You know we're we're gonna we're gonna have a real good crack at Richmond. Anything else before we say goodbye? You don't. I just one quick thing to uh, remember: they were they were hitting the fatigue uh, wall halfway through that third quarter. Some of those guys were busted at that stage, and they they really ploughed through that last quarter, which was a lot of the reason for those mistakes in that last stage of the match as well. But those those miles that you push through in those last quarter, they're they're, they're the miles in the tank, uh, especially on a big ground like Subi and in the heat, uh, with a nice ten day freshener. I think we'll we'll probably be nice and fresh for that MCG clash. Uh, so looking forward to it. So next week we'll pick our. Uh that's our best team. The team that we could possibly assemble to go in around one, we'll have a crack at picking. Are you here next week or are you away? You're gone. No, nah, I'm away, mate. Hopefully Mick Jamison's going to sit in. A man well-known to all Carlton supporters. So he, maybe we'll Big go Big shoes to terms. fill, Andy. Big oh, shoes to fill. Well, assertive, the deck, man. Assertive oh. defensive. What oh, was the thing Mac, he came man. up with? Yeah. No, He's got to be honest. He can't yeah. sit here oh, and no, bloody no, 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 no. At least I won't have, line. No, no, at least won't have to bring in a thesaurus next week. Oh, Jamo reads a lot of books. Oh, bring in my thesaurus there. So that'll be next week. Um, don't forget, uh, subscribe on iTunes. I know I've been banging on about it, but uh, it's the easiest way to stay in touch with episodes. It'll automatically get deposited into your um, app store uh, on your phone or whatever it is. So um, subscribe to The Carlton Show on iTunes. Have a good trip, and we'll see you back for uh, the 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 uh, post mortem the post mortem for round one. See you next week, Baggers. See you, Andy. Ep- Stay safe, Gex. Ep for where are you going, by the way? Bali, mate. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, look, look out. Look out. Okay, I've got some medication for you that you can take, Gex. It'll just keep you nice and safe. Uh, that's it. Ep four done and dusted. We'll see you next week. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.